and welcome back to the Leafs Cast for the first off-season pod of the off-season. <laughs> it's going to be a spicy one, man. Usually we get to the end of the playoffs and we're all sad and then some statement comes out that nothing is changing and we're like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be a boring off-season. Stuff's already happened. It's busy times. Usually we don't pod until like a day before the draft, but now yeah. it's like not only is stuff happening, but we literally have like one draft pick this year. <laughs> well, it's good to be back on the mic. Literally had to dust this stuff off. What's it been? Three weeks? Has it been three weeks since the Leafs it's, were? Unfortunately- it feels like it was yesterday that I was watching that puck cross the line. Which we should mention here, by the way, uh, the Leafs now for the third time in four seasons and the second year in a row or third year in a row. Gosh, I'm butchering this. Bottom line, the team that beats us has now gone to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, yep. We are the path. Teams should be excited to play us when they get us in the playoffs. I said it in the chat the other day. I think the Leafs should figure out how to play the Leafs. Anyway. I mean, the number of former Leafs that end up on these other teams, that's as close you're going to get. Speaking of former Leafs, let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Where do we begin? It's been is that, is that three your weeks. Music? It's been three weeks since the Leafs lost in the first, second round. Second round, my goodness. And Kyle Dubas and Maple Leafs president of hockey operations, Brendan Shanahan, find themselves in a somewhat public contract negotiation. Kyle Dubas was in his final year of a contract this season and notoriously did not get an extension mid-season. And where everything seemed like it was all going to be fine, Kyle Dubas is going to be coming back, that's not the case. At midnight, Kyle Dubas sends an email saying, essentially, I want more money and more power. And Brendan Shanahan says, hit the streets. And now we find ourselves without a GM until literally, was that this morning or yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday was the announcement. Today was the, the press conference. Former Calgary Flames GM Brad Tree Living is now the Toronto Maple Leafs new GM. That's what we're talking about today. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. Story time <laughs> over. Story time over. Well, we had to get into the preamble here because we... Knew this information that Kyle Dubas got fired maybe like a week or two ago, but I don't know. We it was all it all happened too fast. We didn't have time to pod, and it's fine. Um, well, just just to touch on the Kyle Dubas stuff before we get into the tree living, because we have, I'm sure we have lots to talk about there. But just the fact that Dubas is the one who's gone, I feel like all three of us and a lot of Leafs Nation, if you were to go down the hierarchy of who you thought should bear the responsibility of the loss and we should be moving on from you probably get a bit of a split between people either wanting to say fire the coach or move on from the big four or both. But a lot of Leafs nation would probably say like, no, Dubas did fine. Like he assembled a great team and it was just the team did not deliver. And if any of those pieces were safe, it was Dubas. And it looks like possibly Dubas is the only one that wasn't safe. What? Like, yeah, I know, like, Trilliving, I'm still not totally convinced that Sheldon Keefe is coming back. I mean, they, he did give him a vote of confidence in his, like, intro press conference today, though. Um, it was a pretty I generic 
vote of confidence but but ryan you're totally right when the uh when we had our our game game five pod game six pod gosh i'm a mess here it's been too many weeks uh you know we were talking about what's the like what happens next and each one of us the first thing we said was sheldon keith gets fired whether you thought it was the right call it was just like that's what we think is going to happen and Mm. yeah right now that's the only thing, the only thing that has happened is is Kyle Dubas or has been gone. You could say, you know, maybe we would have had a statement about somebody in the core four being gone or anything really else with the team. No, no other Maple Leafs news has happened outside of this. Um, and uh, the decision's weird. We when we we say that there was a public um, disagreement over like why Kyle Dubas you know, didn't stick around. We heard it was things about money, things about power. There's going to be a long story written someday about like what actually went on here. But um, bottom line, like I, I, I think there's more to do than just like the performance on the ice, this playoffs that resulted in Kyle Dubas not being there. I think it was a lot of stuff from maybe previous seasons that are leading into this. And that's not to say though, that Kyle Dubas wasn't a problem. Right. I mean, like he it, certainly it, it is. It is hard. Right. Because like he had his five years. He from the outside, it looks like he got to do like all the moves that he wanted to make. Like uh, he, he was had no shortage of trades. He traded away all the draft picks. He went for it. He doubled down on certain players performing. They didn't perform. What he doubled down on didn't pay off. And overall, it's like. Did that cost him his job? I don't know. It looks like there was a couple factors. Kyle Dubas also announced as the president of hockey operations in Pittsburgh today. Uh, that's like the Brendan Shanahan level role for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so he does. I don't know how much money he's getting, but he is getting his more more control than what he had for the Leafs. But um, I'm I'm kind of sorry to see him go. I I mean I don't put too much stock in the media rumor mongering of trying to make up stories and blow stuff up, but. It seems a bit like it was an emotional decision that the Leafs were, uh, like you fired Kyle Lewis and you didn't have much of a plan. It's like it just doesn't really make sense to me that like the way it all went down. But it's more of like, well, we have Brad Trulemic now. Seems like a good guy. Well, know. the the timing is a little weird. But then I I remember thinking that when it first went down, like this is a horrible time to do this. We have guys that need contracts soon. But then like. I was thinking more about it and like, there's really only one good time to fire your GM. And that's like after the trade deadline. So I suppose like, (laughs) when was it going to happen? Like it kind of needed to happen, but you're right. Like it was sudden. I mean, everybody was shocked. You had reports like the day before saying Kyle Dubas would be back. And yeah, something went down between Shanahan and Dubas. um, And I don't think it's the worst timing though. Like if you, if you look at all of Dubas's time here, probably one of the lowest points were his super poorly handled contract negotiation with William Nylander, which went all the way to the final minute before he was going to miss a season. And even his negotiation with Marner didn't go well. And like, if you, you look other than probably John Tavares, he's the number one player. You'd say, yeah, he got overpaid. And that's part of the reason why we had such hard times with our, you know, big four getting paid as much as he did. Cause Mitch Marner is getting paid $11 million. And even like Austin Matthews, I don't think anyone's complaining about that contract, but it wasn't a good contract. He got paid exactly what he was worth. As an RFA, 
typically you get paid a little less than what you're worth. So none of his contract negotiations with Big Four, and he even gave John Tavares his contract. So n- none of them went well or aged particularly well, other than maybe William Nylander, even though it started so horribly. So to bring in a new guy, Jim Tree Living, to handle the next wave of these big four contract negotiations, it's probably not the worst timing, to be honest. Like, it, it's it's might be good for us, actually. I don't know. I'll tell you in a couple months if we see if uh, Austin Matthews is re-signing or not, if it was good. Well, that's well, a good point. A good... I mean, it, it didn't go well very well for Johnny Goudreau, so <laughs> you it, never know. It is a good point, though, Rye, that, like... Um... Yeah, like like if 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 they're going to clean house, right? If they were going to clean house and get rid of the GM and the coach, then was the time to get rid of the GM. You can get rid of the coach whenever and bring in your new mm-hmm. guy, but like that was the time to get rid of the GM because he's essentially got a month to figure out some extension plans with a lot of guys on the Leafs and and, and we'll get into some of that, but um I don't know, it is still interesting though that like maybe it's cuz all the other stuff's been going on that we I don't know that Sheldon Keefe hasn't been fired because I, I would have thought, and I think almost everybody listening to this podcast would have thought that like after just another season of the disappointing playoff loss that Sheldon Keefe would have been gone. Like the Leafs by firing Dubas identified that they have a problem, right? Like everybody in that building is not blind to the fact that like all these other worldly factors are the fact that we keep losing these games. Like they identified a problem. And for now they say it's Dubas. I'm not convinced that he was the biggest problem. I'm not convinced he was the solution, but like, I, I mean, like we, you say it was a disappointing playoff series. Well, I think it, what, like what made it disappointing was it was more of the same of you know, players, not starting games on time, players taking entire games off. Like usually the debate is, is it the coach's job to motivate the players or is it the player's job to motivate themselves and like come through for what they're being paid to do? And I guess it's the now the fault of the GM for not, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Kyle Dubas was fired for losing for the way the team performed in the playoffs. I I think that. Well, we know he wasn't. Like he was hired. offered a contract extension after they made it past the first round. So and yeah. the, and they were willing to do it until Kyle Dubas came out and said, one, I want more money, and two, I want a little more power i don't want to, have to go through shanahan for everything that they said no we're not going to do that so you're right it's not necessarily you failed in the playoffs therefore we're firing you but that doesn't mean that it had nothing to do with it right like if if they needed to wait and see that the maple leafs won a round for them to offer kyle dubas an extension that doesn't show a lot of confidence in the guy either the fact that it's like so close and the margins are so thin clearly there was stuff giving them pause that that they've he finally made it over that hump. His comments sent him back under the hump, and then they let him go. Like, I don't think it was necessarily a slam dunk thing. We love Kyle Dubas, and it, it's just these, like, it, it was, you know, we saw, we talk, we talk about it all the time of the things that Dubas has done that haven't been great. Mm-hmm. We got Matt Murray sitting on the bench that needs to get traded now. He chose to stick with the big four, which hasn't worked out so well. Like, there's lots of things that you could point to. The fact that the team hasn't made it over the hump, even though, yes, it's partially on the players, partially on the coach, it's, it's partially on the GM. And changing things at the top, it has a ripple effect. Even if we don't change the coach, don't change any of the big four, Like it still has a ripple effect throughout it, how we fill out the edges, how we fill out the defense. We have lots of free agent signings to get to. It still is going to have big ramifications even just changing this one piece. And also of, of relevance, we haven't mentioned his name yet, but Brendan Shanahan is officially on the hot seat. Yeah. 
on the Leafs well, cast kind hot of. seat at least. Yeah. It's funny I mean, that you say that though. Like I couldn't we can name all these poor teams and poor performing teams. I couldn't name one other team's ho- director of hockey, president of hockey operations except for the Leafs and the Penguins. Like do the other teams even have these guys? Do they get fired? Can they be to blame? Like what's going on here? I mean, it depends. I think there's a variety of how involved there are. I think there's a lot of president of hockey operations, more of the business side of things. They decide ticket prices and promotions and stuff. But I do think there's some that, I mean, you always hear about the the owners that like like to meddle in the the team as yeah. well as far as saying what they can and can't do. Um, I mean, it it's hard to say as as far as Shanahan, as far as how much meddling he had to do how about was there meddling from bell and rogers and the board and like i feel like in the the wake of the loss everyone just likes to point fingers and and it's weird though like this is the third gm that he's hired like he hired lou lamorello that didn't go great and he was not continued then he hired kyle dubas at the end he also decided no i don't like this now he's hiring tree living like i feel like I don't, I'm with you, Stephen. I don't really follow the president of hockey operations of all the other NHL clubs, but I feel like having the option to hire three new GMs is not a luxury that most of them have. I mean, but, but that's where it's hard as far as like looking at what they, they do. Yeah. And it is, you, you don't deny that like the Leafs are a respectable organization as far as where they've invested in their training facilities, their, their, their like their size of the personnel, the analytics department. I think it was before Shanahan that... came. Sorry, you say those things were there? No, they weren't. Like he brought a lot of that no, to the Leafs. Yeah, no, I, yeah. So I, I'm agreeing. So like I think overall, like the Leafs as a franchise are more respectable than they were before Shanahan got there. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, it just I... has. I don't think, I mean, he can be on the hot seat. Like it's almost like hiring a new GM has just created a new life for him. Like, let's say the Leafs come out and whatever, the same story happens 365 days from now. And we had a disappointing playoff loss. I don't know that the one move that would be made is like, we're keeping true living and we're getting rid of Brennan Shanahan. It's going to, I would say that I'd be pretty shocked if he got to hire another GM after this one. Like this, this feels like the last stand of the Shanna plan, if anything else. Maybe we don't need to spend any more time on it because none of us can really say what exactly the guy does. But I, I think this is his last big move as well, president, whether it works or not. What would you define a four-year time span hot seat as then? He's essentially on the, the four-year time span. Well, it's uh, the last he's stand. The, he's on his the last, last legs. Domino. Like maybe like yeah. some spicy salsa spilt on a chair that he sits on. For the next That's four right. years, and it gets a little sort gushy. of uncomfortable on his butt, maybe? I don't know. All right, let, let's talk about Tree Living here. Um, he had his press conference. I did watch it finally. Nothing too special. He kind of just gave some generic, put out some fire answers. He didn't speak poorly about anyone. He spoke very highly about Kyle Dubas and the job he's done to build this team up for what he's inheriting. He spoke pretty highly of Keith. He said that... Uh, Getting that contract done with Austin Matthews was his top priority. Um, I don't know anything else. Anything stand out to you guys about his press conference? I'd forgotten that he would have known both Giordano and TJ Brody from his time in Calgary, mm-hmm. as far as having a few connections here already. But 
no, overall, nothing like too. I mean, the press conference, they just kind of go through the initial, uh, initial, uh, euphemisms always. I was just like, this is what you say at the intro press conference. It, what, well, I, the one piece that was stood out was his endorsement of Sheldon Keith. That was one thing I said, like, <laughs> what was interesting is he made the point that when he was came into Calgary, he didn't fire the coach, uh, Bob Hartley. And the next year, Hartley won the coach of the year. So you say, like, oh, that was a good decision. Granted, like, Calgary underperformed the year after that, and he fired him. But, like, for that one year, he didn't fire him. He was like, well, maybe it was the right decision. So Sheldon Keefe, coach of the year, coming up. Then uh, fired. Then fired. I, I watching it felt a lot better than I did about Bradtree Living before uh, the, the, the press conference, like maybe part of it's the Toronto media, but you just start to hear all the bad things. And like, you look at a team that he's coming from that hasn't had a lot of success. And I saw a guy who seemed very confident in himself and like aware of kind of the, the job that's ahead. Um, and just, yeah, like, like the confidence, he was really well-spoken and, uh, um, I like that, you know, you talk about like the typical kind of answers and stuff. And even though, so many of these GMs have been in the league for a long time and know these kinds of things. Something I learned uh, the other day when we listened to that athletic pod talking about the like 70% of the league as first time GMs. And these guys are doing it mm-hmm. for the first time. And we've got a guy who he's been in a big market, not as big as Toronto, but a big market. And he's coming in and like the task that he's up to is massive. And he didn't, he didn't disappoint to me. Um, the Sheldon Keefe stuff, I I put like zero stock into it. I feel like I know that I haven't been a, a Sheldon Keefe fan on this podcast for the last year, but like the idea that like the GM and coach can come in separately and then just like blend well together and have the same theories and stuff just like doesn't make sense. It's the same reason why for a, a in a way Keefe and Dubas did work out, right? They, Keith and Babcock were, or sorry, Dupas and Babcock weren't working out. And then you bring in a guy who's working with the GM and like, it's just, I, I really don't see that, that part working out. Um, no, you're right. The GM always brings in their own guy to be the coach. Yeah, for sure. Whether or not that happens now, like this might just be this season. Keith is on thin ice and if things aren't working, then he pulls the trigger. Cause it is the thing where usually the GM doesn't get to hire multiple coaches. The same way we're talking about Shanahan hiring multiple GMs. Typically the GM picks their guy. And then if that doesn't work out, both the GM and the coach go. So if, if he wants to fire Keefe before he even sees Keefe coach, then like that's his bullet. And now he picks a guy. If that doesn't work out, then you, you don't have much left after that. So I wouldn't be surprised kind of if, if we saw this play out, if Keefe at least starts this next season you guys remember this previous season, it did not start well for the Maple Leafs at all. I think if we get into that again, then I don't know if Keith will make it through to rebound the way that we did this year. But we'll see. I, I kind of suspect, I think it would be weird. It would feel weird if Tree Living comes out and says, I think Keith is a great coach. He's done a great job here. We're going to have conversations and we're going to talk about what things happen. And then a week later, I fired Keith. He wasn't the guy for the job. It, it, it would just be weird. So I, I do put a little bit of stuff. It's all those media spin. You say like, oh, this coach is available. We really had, uh, uh, we couldn't turn down the opportunity to bring on Steven Douglas as the coach. So no sorry, sorry. Anyways, they, they, <laughs> well, could, they could totally do it. They, uh, um, 
you you can't let this go on that much longer though if you're going to get rid of him because like it's it's kind of similar to the Duba situation where like you're you fired Keith and then it's just like what do you do right yeah and that's what a handful of other organizations in the NHL are doing right now and some of them are looking at the same old boys but there's there's only a finite amount of guys who could be qualified to run NHL teams so like if you want a, a chance at getting one of them it would have to go down soon. Like you've got te- other teams at this dance. Um, I, d- I don't know. I would hate it. I would be so mad if they kept him and the Leafs get off to a bad start and then yeah. they fire him after, you know, in, yeah, the mid season. Yeah, yeah. That would be so Leafs. That would be so Leafs. And then you just interim. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so okay, that's I guess that's that's the the one of the first tasks he has to do. He's had the job for like twenty four hours. That's one of the first tasks he's had to do. But he's got a contract. What do we call this conundrum? Tim, give me a bigger word than that. That's a pretty big word. A pretty good word. Quagmire. He's in a quagmire. Oh my goodness! You had a bigger word. <laughs> a contract quagmire. Um, give me a break. The quick rundown is as. We all know, listen to this podcast, or you should. Austin Matthews and William Nylander on July 1st will officially be in their final year of their contracts. And why this is important is because uh, the Leafs are then eligible on July 1st to sign them to an extension. But if that isn't the case and they can't sign them to an extension, technically both of these players could walk to free agency and we could get nothing for them, similar to how the Leafs Johnny, get. Johnny Gaudreau style. Yeah. Um, and similar to how the Leafs got John Tavares, Johnny Tavares. Um, there's also uh, uh, Mitch Marner, who has a no trade clause that kicks or a no move clause that kicks in on July 1st as well. And I think that's it. There might be one other jabroni on the team. Bottom line, work needs to be done with these guys to get done before July 1st or, you know, signed in pencil before july 1st or else what are we gonna do (laughs) or else like the the direction of the team is different right like if i because the the whole thing is that if austin matthews let's say and william neeland it will go worst case scenario both say like no we don't like brad for living we want to go to free agency we are leaving guaranteed the end of next year then the leafs have an option of saying like we are either going to go all in for one more year this year and let these guys walk for nothing. And then the window will slam shut or we're going to no chance. That's even happening. Why would you even say that? There's no chance. We're going to say, no, let's hold on to them and not and lose Matthews and Nylander for nothing. That's not even an option. Teams do that though. Teams say that like, not with a player like Austin Matthews. No, they don't. Well, unrestricted free agency. That's the best player that's gone unrestricted free agency. And, what the history of the league? Probably going back a long ways. Yeah. So I, I don't. Yeah. That's like an so. It's either trade them or we're gonna sign them. And yeah, it sounds and, like all point, all signs are pointing towards that Austin Matthews is going to be signed. Obviously, Tree Living wants to sign him, and everything that he's coming out of his camp is that he wants to stay here. So I, I think that that's probably the most likely thing that's going to happen. The more interesting. Quagmire is what they're going to do with with William Nylander. That's much. You mean more our one great. our one playoff performer? 
our one playoff performer. <clears throat> well, that's, but that, that that's the thing is that we don't we don't know if do do they actually want to keep Austin Matthews as well? Like we don't know that. Yes, just, they do. They, yes, they, they do. do. I don't it's know. It's not a conversation. Not we're not having that conversation of this pod. You could take a hike. No, of course well, they do. It's Austin. Take a different not, issue to be. We're talking about what what does Brad Tree Living think of this team, right? And does Brad Tree Living think that it's best for this team to invest however many, you know, millions more than 11 and a half that Austin Matthews has made towards him in the future and try to, like, for all we know, there's options on the table that make the team better or similarly good but different, could have more success. Like, it's it's not a guarantee that... I think it's as close to a guarantee as you're ever going to get. I, I think if... I don't care the circumstances. If Tree Living decides we will not, we're, we're going to trade Austin Matthews because I think our team is better without him. I am selling so hard on Tree Living. I don't even care. That's ridiculous to me. There's no way. There's You could make that argument with almost any other player, and I, I might believe you. But it's but so there's a silly few choice players like, around the league. To just say, like, bunch of good players well who's the best one he's for sure not the one we're trading let's discuss trading william nylander like because there's good players then there's franchise players nylander's and then there's austin matthews <laughs> yeah it's, who it's didn't not actually show up for a whole series that was important that's that's what i'm saying like there it's you're it's, selling low we are on the bradtree living train and it's his it's his decision if he wants to blow it up and we got to blow it up in no other ways. What. That's the wrong way to blow it up. I don't. I don't even. Well, let's we'll move see. on. I'm over it. <laughs> well, what might What might happen is William Nylander says, "I got shortchanged five years ago, and uh, I'm going to put the nails to you guys, and I need ten million dollars a year for the rest of my life." No, I don't know. Um, William Nylander could be a very difficult contract negotiation. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves or if like, if he's not going to sign his deal on July 1st, I don't know what the value of him is though. It's but, high. Like, I, I, I don't buy into this. The value of Nylander around the league is low. The guy just scored 40 goals, 40 goals. And he's, I don't know. I teams value that teams value goals around the league. And it's, it's Toronto. Everyone loves the Toronto players. Everyone wants to bring the Toronto players to their team. Give him to Dubas. He says we can and we will. Give him to Dubas. Send him. Uh, does Pittsburgh have anyone that would come back? I don't know. How are you telling uh, me Pittsburgh's that? Like in a rough Car- spot. How would Carolina not be interested in someone like William Bielander? They scored no goals. They like have one player go down, and their entire team is ha- is useless. Bring William Bielander in. Let's trade him for uh, Aho. Come on, let's go. That seems a little rich. I don't think that makes them a better team. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's uh, go, go, going back to um, Austin Matthews, and then I'll, I'll bring it to William Nylander again, though. Like, just on the July 1st thing, this is before the tree living thing went down, but, like, there were reports from inside the locker room and the organization, like, on The Athletic, of people saying that, like, even if it was still Dubas here, they don't think the deal was getting done by July 1st. So, like... It's possible we don't have an answer on either one of these guys by July first, but if but you that's need the- to, like, if if it's not done by July first, then you're either getting it done later or he's walking, right? That's what the no trade comes in. So I- it's like if you're not going to get it done by July first, 
the other option other than you're going to get it done later is he's traded. No, I think or, you, traded before the, the no the no trade kicking in is Mitch Marner. He's a no, year. No, it's Matthews as well. Matthews gets it on July 1st and Mitch Marner and William Nylander gets a 10 team no trade clause all on July 1st. I believe okay. Ryan is correct. All right. So it's it's a big date. Like we got to figure stuff out now. That's why I was but, like, Dubis is gone. We're bringing in Tree Living. We clock's ticking. We got to figure stuff out here. A similar franchise player and a man who scored essentially as many goals as him, David Pasternak, went into this season, this past season, with the exact same situation, and he no didn't, no move trade though. Yeah. Um. Uh. No. Yeah. Yeah. He he didn't have that. But I'm saying that like. He, he, you know, they got the deal done mid season and it it all worked out Mm -hmm. for them. So um, it's pretty stressful for them though. I'm not even a Boston fan and I could feel the stress that Pastrock was going to walk after the season, but they locked him up. So they got it done. Hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I, I can see where you guys are like at the, where if July 1st or, you know, it's getting to July 1st and they're like, okay, we don't know if Austin Matthews is going to get done, but we're going to get this one done. We're miles apart on William Nylander. We're going to trade him, right? Like they'll deal with one headache and then it's, it's a William Nylander's out the building kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I could see it. All his Swedish buddies are gone. He's not a Canadian. What alliance allegiance does he have to Toronto? And I could see he's born in Calgary and that's where tree living's coming from. Come on. That's... Oh, it all makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, we could have a thing where tree living, says before then you know what like i'm trading mitch marner and now we have much more cap space and i'm prioritizing william lander and yes we'll give you that 10 million dollars a year william like i'm so glad you're born in calgary i don't know what is ahead it could be insane and it should be insane we shouldn't just roll back this exact same group again like something weird should happen I don't know. I could see them like not rocking the boat that much. You don't like come into a new team and in a month you say like, I'm totally blowing his stuff up and going in a totally different direction. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if the big four come back cause I don't know if the dollars are going to work, but like, I don't think the boat's going to get rocked as much as it maybe. Could. Well, well, Tim, you Whether, say, I don't yeah. think the big four will come back, but the boat's not like if Mitch Marta gets traded, that's rocking the boat pretty hard. And I think it's absolutely a, a likely possibility, either Marner or Nylander, that one of them get traded. And that's rocking the boat a lot. That's one of your superstar players. I'm I'm not sure, yeah. though. I, I'm not sure you can say, like, what you do when you're a new GM in a spot is, like, not rock the boat. But, like, you also don't fire your GM if you, like, don't yeah. want to rock the boat, right? Like, they... Maybe, but like, look who's still around. Like Shanahan's still around. The army of assistant GMs still around. Keith is still around for now. For now, but like, I I don't like. <laughs> I'm not convinced that True Living is gonna have full autonomy to do what he wants. Like, as much as these were Dubas's teams, they were like their team efforts that that put these teams together, and they obviously don't aren't gonna throw uh, everything out just based on a, one result. So. I, I wouldn't get my hopes up for drastic moves. Yeah. So, Tim, if you had to put your money on it and you would say one of the big four will be gone or all the big four are staying, any of the big four, Marner, Tavares, Nealander, Matthews, any of them. 
I think I think uh, I think they stay. I think they make the cap dollies work, and they say like we're running it back. Steven? I, think... I was betting money, U.S. dollars or Canadian dollars. Calgary dollars. Shoot, I I would. It's lame, <laughs> but I would agree with Tim that I I think uh, I think all four are staying. Is this like wait, when when's the deadline of this of this situation here? But right now, you have to think now. And end of July, end of July, will the or, or day one of the season will will all four of John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Martin, William Nylander be in the starting lineup? No, actually, I'll say no. There's no way they can make Austin Matthews and William Nylander work while keeping the rest of the guys. So I'll say no. At and, least and, have like so much cap space. I think the answer is no as well. I think one of Nylander and Marner are, are going to be walking out of here. More likely Nylander, I think. They're not going to give him $10 million, and he's going to get that in another market. So I, I think he'll be gone, and that's a big change, and we'll it's see. It's funny you say he's going to get that in another market, but like the list of guys that make over 10 is slow, though, right? Like 10's a lot. Like Grows a lot. Well, whatever, $9 million then. Doesn't you know, he's going to get a number that's bigger than we're going to be willing to pay him. Back to what you said before, though, Rye, um, and maybe a part of why they fired Dubis here and brought somebody else in is that like nobody here says that Dubis won on any of the contracts with the core four, except for maybe William Nylander, but nope. still even probably not. The term wasn't long enough. Like, you're bringing in a guy. Well, I who, mean, it was, I think we, it can fair to say he won the New, William Nylander contract. It doesn't mean that he did goals it well, though. Tim, $7 million. He, he took him until December. Like, it wasn't a, a well-handled contract negotiation. It turned out well because Nylander's performed so well. But even when it was signed, not everyone was like, oh, well, at least Dubis got a good deal on the guy. They're like, it took him to December and he got what we should have paid him the whole time. Like, it, 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 it looks good right now, but for what RFA should be getting and for how long it took to get there. And Nylander sucked that first season too. Like he was so bad coming in cold. I, I don't think that I'd say that. Yeah. Dubas rocked that Nylander contract. No, I don't think well, so. And I'll, I guess I'll give him a mulligan on the, uh, the John Tavares thing. Cause we all wanted him and we all were going to pay that much when it went down and you needed yep. to give him that much to get him. So he did, but like just comparables around the league at the time that the guys signed their deals, he got taken for a ride and the fact that we're in this situation with Austin Matthews five years in, like just it's unlike other teams in the league. So they brought in a new guy who hopefully is going to have better luck. And well, what would be interesting, even if the Leafs did keep all the big four, I don't think they will, but if they did, it would be interesting seeing a different GM try to fill in around those edges. We've seen Kyle Dubas do it for five years he got a variety of players. We've seen the old man fourth line. We've seen small, speedy fourth line. We've, you know, we've seen lots of different stuff of how Dubas has found these players. It'd be interesting to see what a different kind of GM, a different style of players that you go for, who are the diamonds in the rough that true living is able to find. If we're in that similar top heavy cap and then fill out with those 1 million, $2 million players at the bottom. So that, that'll be interesting to see. It's not an effect I think that we'll see in year one of, of tree living, but like a, a difference between these Calgary teams and Toronto is that like they hadn't had to rely on as many of these, like filling in around the edges with free agents yeah. because 
he has drafted well. He drafted well in his years in Calgary. And uh, that's something that I'm really excited to have in Toronto. Not to say that Dubas was a tire fire behind the the wheel of the draft, but like just not the same level that Brad Tree Living was there. Um, but but yeah, yeah, you talk about like like the types of players. Like you look at some of the contracts, the the, the types of guys that he gave contracts to in um, uh, in Calgary, very different than like the style of players that Kyle Dubas was into. Neither one of them had unbelievable success in the playoffs, but it's going to be different. Well, we'll see. Hopefully. I mean, I, every GM and coach gets better as time goes on, right? Like we saw Kyle Dubas come in as a new GM. We saw him get better every year, and now unfortunately he's gone. But you can say the same thing about Sheldon Keith. We saw him in his first year. He wasn't as good as he was now. He got better every year, and maybe he'll just keep getting better, and it's a good thing we're holding on to him. And even Tree Living, he went nine years in Calgary. Do you think he's as good now or as bad now as he was in his first year? No, he's definitely grown, and he'll probably be better, and we'll see how he does in Toronto. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, like... I feel like GMs, the reason why there's so many first-time GMs is because GM, the general GM job is very much like you either die a hero, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like Eventually, you go on, you're going to sign bad contracts, you're going to make bad trades, and those follow you around. Like, Yeah, but what? You think that like he's going to be in his first year as a general manager, you don't get any better as years go on? Like You gain experience, you learn from it, you get better, you learn the league, you... Like, yeah, what, a pro- what, you're saying experience a doesn't matter? No, I, I, of course, experience matters in every job. Every job yeah. ever. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Well, this will be like his like 500th contract negotiation. It was Dubas's like 12th. Like it's different when you've been around the block. He's been doing this for 10 years still. We've been doing All the right. cast for three. Go hire a 100-year-old Lou Lamorello, though. Clearly the ultimate GM after doing it for 50 years, right? Hey, hey he won guys, GM of the year, Tim, like two did. years ago. Put Voted some on by who? <laughs> when Not I, the Leafs cast. When I looked at, though, like uh, some of the L's, right, that Bradtree Living has had from like free agent signings, it, it was almost like for every L that he had taken, I could find a comparative L that Dubas had. The only difference is... The Dubas L's were the exact same thing every single year. Dubas signs or trades for some goalie that then becomes a problem that he's got to figure out 12 months from the day he signs that contract. So, like, I am excited for just something different. Like, you know, who's to say we wouldn't have been in the exact same spot this year if Dubas wasn't here? It's like, some of this is scary. I, I feel like I'm, like, too positive here. Like, a lot of this is very scary. What we're about to get into here is guys who live and die by the, the Maple Leafs um, and a new man behind the helm. And, and I don't really subscribe as much to this idea that like Bradtree living is this, uh, this like this sheep essentially just doing exactly what Brendan Shanahan wanted. I think if that were the case, Brendan Shanahan wouldn't have cared if he had brought in somebody who, didn't have as much experience or like, yeah, he would have done the job himself or like something like or would that. have just I, like, just hired from within, like gave Pridham the job or something. And yeah. And then like, yeah, no, I'm sure. the I one that's really calling the shots here. Yeah. I think Bradtree living's here for a reason and for a vision. And like, I think that's it. And, and obviously Kyle Dubas wanted a lot more than what a GM can do. He's literally not even a GM anymore. So, that's um, right. 
I think he's keeping the interim GM tag. He says he'll probably do GM duties until like late July. Oh, Dubis. What What was interesting is um, what I was hearing, you know, like it started out like Kyle Dubas just interviewing for a couple of GM jobs or really just mainly the Penguins, but then other teams kind of getting a whiff of like, well, can we bring him in to do something else besides GMing? And he, he found his way into that role. Like, so it's possible he could have been somewhere else in the league doing just a, a wide variety of jobs. It's just, uh, man, it's crazy. I'm fine it with it. It is crazy. We'll see. We'll see. It, it, it's definitely interesting. I mean, maybe it's just my expectations are tempered that we're on year five of like, are the car core four coming back? They didn't perform in the playoffs. And, you know, four times in a row, it's been the same thing every year. Of like, oh, you know, we, we roll the dice in the offseason on some guys. And then, like, well, mid-year, I mean, you they're can't, like, oh. You can't forget that the Leafs did win a round this year. Like, they didn't just fail. They were they all came and they all played. Tavares scored the game winner in game six. Like, it's not like they sucked throughout the whole playoffs. It ended with them sucking, which is the most recent taste of their mouth. And we'll see how it goes. It's it's I I'm excited for this offseason. It it already feels different and fresh. And we'll see where it goes from here. We'll learn a lot over the just the next couple of weeks. We'll probably hop on a pod when the next big domino falls. It might be the draft. I don't know. But it'll be uh it'll be a fun offseason, I think. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, at least one the, pod. Uh, Brad True Living, not allowed to sit at the draft table this year. Apparently he's allowed <laughs> to like phone in, but he can't physically be at the table. Why is that? Because he's still under contract from Calgary. Oh, really? <laughs> they said, like, you're allowed to go be GM of the Leafs, but we don't want to see you physically at that table. That's a weird... Okay. <laughs> Calgary hasn't done the math to learn that the Leafs don't have the draft picks anyway to take the guys that Calgary wants, so... I mean, we, we do have a first-round pick this year. That'll be gone. We'll we'll use it to disappear Murray. I think we'll trade I down think again. We could see a repeat of the the Mrazic deal last year, where we trade down and dump the contract, and it is. We'll find out, man. It's going to be nuts. Just like yeah, the 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 stuff we hear, just like what ends up happening with these contract negotiations. I'm just like thinking more about it. Like we have a different guy behind the helm, and how do the players react to that? And I don't know. I when I think about all the other teams around the league, like everybody just gets their deals done so often, and like. It ends up happening and we don't even know the GMs of some of these other teams and like it's probably all going to be fine and let's just hope the right call is made. Let's hope Brad, the Brad Tree Living era is the best era of Maple Leafs hockey ever. All right. Oh. I like it. So uh, so yeah, so I guess so next up the, the well I, I guess Stanley Cup playoffs are going on uh, right now. Um, next Stepping stone for the Leafs is the draft. I think June 28th is that date, so they have a little while. Um, not usually too many actual ho- hockey transactions happen with all the Stanley Cup finals going on. You guys have a pick for the who's going to take it home? Florida. Who I want to or who I, I think guess. I will? Who do you think you will? I don't really want either. I kind of hate both teams. I think uh, Vegas will probably take it, I think. I, I really hate both as well, but I think Florida will win. If I were betting money, I'd bet on Florida. Yep, I, I'm with Steven. It's going to be Florida. This the only, it's the only solution. that the, What is going to cause maximum pain for Leafs fans playing the what-if game? 
Florida wins the cup. If Florida right. wins, well, they will have beaten four out of the uh, best five teams in the NHL this season to win the cup. In the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's an insane resume. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. I'm not watching it though. I haven't watched really one second of hockey since the Leafs have lost. Uh, or so, this sorry, makes I'm you not angry. The Panthers or anything. I'm watching some basketball. That's what I've been watching. Uh, and it's healthier for me. So um, that's good. Yeah, that's it. Oh, All right, let's get out of here. Fine, fine. Get out of here. It we'll was see good you in a few weeks. Good to unless if uh, if Ryan is right and one of the uh, big boys is traded, we will emergency pod. And Ryan can All tell right. I said I told you so. That's right. Get ready. Feels Brace like we potted yourself. too early again, you know? <laughs> but we've been saying this for like two weeks. We pod? It's too early. The boys trimmed their beards. We had to get on. People got a lot. Handsome. Not me.